Hey guys, welcome to the Marriage Millennials Podcast. It is 7.43 a.m. on Tuesday, September 11th. Welcome back, and thanks for listening again. And if you're new, hey, we're your hosts, Rochelle. And Samuel Shoyola. Prayers of MarriageMillennials.com, which is a blog that discusses God's design for family, teaches millennials to honor Christ before marriage, and prepares them for family. We'd like to give some clarity to the blog and the podcast with the following disclaimer which is that we do not address specific issues about marriage at this time. Instead, our current focus is teaching millennials to honor Christ before a spouse and with one while preparing them for family if that is a current desire that they have. Before we get started, as always, we want to tell you where you can keep the convo going with us after the end of this podcast, as well as some housekeeping for the site. This will be posted on the site marriageformillennials.com. So if you have any questions, feel free to comment below on that post. Or you can also visit the Facebook page, backslash MF Millennials. Rose Twitter and IG handle are at Rochelle Shoyola, and mine is at Samuel Shoyola. So feel free to follow and talk with us there as well. Also, the podcast is on iTunes and SoundCloud, so subscribe so that you won't miss an episode. Just type Marriage for Millennials in the search bar, and it will pop up for you. Last thing, if you've been following or even if you haven't, there are a ton of cool things on the site, from books to free courses, products, and more, so feel free to check those out as well. Alrighty, guys, let's jump in. Happy Tuesday. Happy Tuesday, everybody. Yes, 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 good to, uh, I guess, chat with you guys again. Um, Before we start this podcast, um, we wanted to start it off with a prayer um, for anyone affected um, by the events on September 11th of 2001, just to kind of kick this podcast off. Okay, Sam, take it away. All right, Lord, we thank you, we love you, we adore you for this wonderful day that you have created, oh Lord. And Lord, we know that today is a day that something horrible back in 2001 happened, but we know that you are making all things right and you're making all things good. Lord, we pray for those families that were affected, that you'll continue to heal them, continue to to bring them um, to bring them peace in their life, peace that surpasses all understanding that only you can bring. We also pray that you um, you set the atmosphere in this nation, O oh Lord, that you will be the one to bring peace of mind to everyone, even on this day. Even when people are passionately feeling hurt, betrayed, um, angry, that you will calm those emotions, O oh Lord. Help us to be able to think clearly. Help us be able to love you like you first loved us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Man, it's crazy that it's been so long since those events took place. Yeah, I mean, do you remember where you were at? Yeah, man, like, I remember, I think I was in the fifth grade, um, my mom's job, because um, I'm from New York, so my mom worked near Wall Street, and my mom's job actually owned a couple of the World Trade Centers, so she was somewhat in close proximity to what was going on that day, mm-hmm. Um all I remember is that I was in school, and I just remember children just kind of being picked up from their parents one after the other. Um, it was such a trying time, um, you know, not only for my family, but um, for our country. And, um, you know, I'm really hoping that as the years go by, we can experience true healing as a nation. Definitely. Yeah. 
But um, moving along, um, we hope that you have been having a great week so far. Um, in light of the fact that September 11th does come with some heavy hearts and feelings, um, for us, today, the 11th of September, um, makes it a month of marriage for us. Um, so we are excited Ooh. and um, thankful to have made it this far. Yeah, babe. So today's podcast is titled Faith, Family, and Friends, with a topic centered around the foundation you set in the home. I'm going to try to take the lead on this podcast because we always want to model God's chain of command for you in a practical way. So um, faith, family, and friends, right? This was something that was not only told, but continued to be shown to us in uh, a lot of the Christian couples that we fellowshiped with and that we admire in our local church. So to give y'all some backstory, we uh, began to transition to our new church after we got married. And, um, or actually even before then, we've already been going to a lot of the evening services yeah. and fellowshipping with the brothers and sisters there. And, um, I met a couple different married, uh, brothers and sisters there and we began to do life with them. Uh, we hung out with them, did dinners with them, go on vacays, travel, business, all types of stuff. And, uh, this was something that we constantly saw, um, being imparted to us and modeled for us. Um, so we also want to just kind of share it with you guys, faith, family, and friends. Yeah. So uh, today we just want to break that down for you. Um, maybe you're like us and you're just starting your marriage and having like no clue how to structure it. Or, um, maybe your foundation has just been a little bit off and you need a little refresher. Um, we truly believe that this information will be extremely, um, edifying to you. So I'm excited, um, for this podcast to begin. Yeah. Um, Faith, family, and friends, for those of you that may be wondering what it is exactly, is basically a hierarchy model, and we use to go about our daily lives as well as our spiritual and familial social relationships um, in this particular way. So everything needs some type of order in order for it to run as successful as it can um, with flawed human beings, basically. Um, if, if you're in a business, right, you have a leadership chain. If you're in church... You do as well um, following your pastor and your elders, right? Um, but this is no different um, in your marriage as much as you would like to just say, I do and wing it. One thing we have already learned is that doing life with someone requires a good bit of intention and a good model to base your actions on. So let's break that down starting with faith, right? Faith, family, and friends. So faith. Number one, we want to say that we want to establish reverence for God in our home. Yeah, so uh, what does that look like? Um, just kind of establishing that, you know, there's a love of God between the both of you that has nothing to do with the other person. Um, it's like Sam has his love for God even if he was single I have my love for God even if I was single. We're combining that love of God and figuring out how to love each other. But um, that's the standard. Like, that's the foundation. That um, there's a reverence of God and God's word um, in the home. Right. And, um, you know, like, you, you see this in the Bible in regards to, like, even when you're training your children up, like... In that when they when you rise up in the morning, you teach them God's word. When they go to bed, you teach them God's word. Throughout the day, as your back then, you know your kids would go to work with you. They would see what what it is that you were doing. You teach them God's word in everything that you're doing. So, 
it's almost like in every aspect you're trying to show that God is at the foundation. And um, I think one thing that we have uh, done is we've we've made this um, every time when me and Ro wake up, we do a devotion together, right? And we do a Bible study together that's just essentially saying that, you know, we've woken up, we've, uh, we've, uh, and the first thing that we want to show that we, that's on our minds is the Lord and our, and our reverence to him. Yeah. And, um, that's not, um, the easiest thing, you know, like it's the morning you, you know, you want to sleep. Um, maybe you have to change your sleeping patterns. Maybe, um, you woke up too late. Like, you know, we're humans. And so it did take us, um, a little bit just to kind of get into a groove of, you know, doing devotion together. Um, but once you kind of get the kinks out, um, it's definitely imperative that you have a non-negotiable devotion um, schedule. And what does this look like? I mean, typically it looks like, you know, well, at least for Ro and I, um, we start in the morning with a, um, we start with a prayer and then we sing songs. Mm-hmm. together we go through some songs together and after we sing some songs then we look at, at our passage our at our commentary uh the passage is usually in the commentary and um so we read that passage um we'll discuss that passage and then and sometimes just so you know whenever they give you a passage we even read like the entire thing in its context yeah i i, I did kind of want to mention that um, the type of devotion, Noel, that you read is imperative also to your marriage. Um, there are a lot of devotionals that are just taken out of context. Like, you know, sometimes I was given devotionals and like, you know, it'll just say like this inspirational, motivational thing. And then you read the actual word and it's like the Bible wasn't talking about this at all. Like, right, right. and so um, it's imperative that the devotional that you do choose um, is something that um, is still in sound doctrine. I think Table Talk is a good one. Yeah. Um, There's some other ones out there you can um, search based on your preference, um, but be mindful of that. Um, just don't yeah. pick up a devotional or something that just says women's best devotionals or like marriage best devotionals. And then it's like a bunch of things about love and stuff, but like, it nothing has nothing to do, in, nothing yeah. rooted with what the Bible was actually saying at that time. Right. Always always try to read whatever passage they tell you to read. Try to see if you can read a couple verses before and read a couple verses after to get the full context of the passage. Yeah, or just even the and, whole chapter. Yeah, that, that that's always a good look. <laughs> and then, um, so after we kind of read the passage, then we read the commentary, and and then we kind of provide our own commentary, right? We, yeah. We, we, I'll ask Ro what she kind of got from it, and she'll ask me what I got from it, and we'll see, based off the context, if we're actually receiving the message that the writer of the actual book itself um, was trying to communicate. Yeah, and and, then, and and just seeing how we can begin to apply this to our lives. Yep, exactly. Application is always a big thing. Don't let it always be so theoretical. Um Theories are good. Don't get me wrong, because out of theories is what we is how we act. But um, make sure you are able to articulate how you can use it in life. If you can't use it in life um, in a in a major way as a staple in your life, then it's really of no. Don't be a as as the saying goes. The late R.C. Sproul used to say that all the time. Um, don't be so heaven minded that you're of no earthly good. Yeah. And don't be afraid to, like, throw a devotional away that doesn't work for your marriage. 
um, I think that um, that's a big thing for me. I um, kind of fallen off of my reading, but I used to read a lot of books, and I used to always feel like, well, oh my gosh, I started this book, I have to finish it, even though the book I may be reading may be terrible. And so, um, but I, you know, I listened to a podcast, um, and the person was saying, don't be afraid to just, it doesn't work for me. This book is not working. And so if you find a devotional that's just not working for you and your spouse, maybe it's, like we said, maybe it's not biblical. It's not, um, it's out of context. Maybe you just don't like it. Like, just, maybe, yeah, maybe it, yeah. And, and some, some devotionals you'll notice are for a certain season in your life. Um, and maybe right now it's not, it's just not speaking to you right now because yeah. it just, it's just not a timely situation. Um, but, uh, you know, I, I believe with God's grace, you will find a good one, something that works for you. As we talked about table talk, uh, desiring God is another one with John Piper mm-hmm. and there's some other ones out there as well. But, um, the other thing that we also do is, uh, at the very end of our reading and commentary, we both pray and I mean both. And, and the reason why I say this is because, um, this really helps in, um, and just making sure that you go through if you pray for somebody it's very hard to hate them <laughs> it's if you pray for somebody it's very hard to dislike them if you pray for somebody it's hard to hold bad feelings or grudges or anything towards them um this is why we pray in the evening and why we pray at night i mean and pray in the morning i mean because i believe that in doing this devotional it kind of sets that tone for the love between you and your spouse um as you go forward throughout the day Yep, yep, yep. Also, a prayer is a very vulnerable thing, right? Um, I think, like, when you're growing up, you kind of just, like, pray in your head. Like, words don't really come out because you're just like, this is kind of weird. Um, and I don't want the next person to hear me. It's kind of an intimate thing, right? So when you get married and, you know, you're praying out loud in front of your spouse, for your spouse, with your spouse, it's a very intimate thing that connects you. Um, because, again, it's the tripod, Right. Um, mm-hmm. it's you, it's God at the top and then it's you and your spouse. And when you're praying with your spouse to the almighty God, um, aloud when your spouse can hear you, you're totally lifting that veil of, um, of shame, of pride, of, of, of guilt, of anything, um, because you're allowing your partner to see you in that vulnerable state as you're praying to God. Yep. Absolutely. Um, and so it's a wonderful thing. Yeah. Um, another thing I wanted to address is, uh, ladies, like as the keeper of the home, right? Um, you know, that devotion or that reverence for God, what it does is it sets a welcoming atmosphere in the home that, you know, it says this is a holy place, like God's abides here and, you know, it'll trickle down to other things in your marriage as the day goes by. Um, you know, I used to kind of get upset or kind of weird when people would say, you just need to pray or you just need to read God's word, you know, because I felt like it was very dismissive, you know, like it's like, I don't actually feel like helping you. So I'm going to send you to God, even though it's the greatest thing ever. Right. But it's it's kind of just like your call to action as a brother in Christ. You don't feel like fulfilling that. So you're kind of pushing me over to um you know, God. And, but, you know, I now know that, you know, you're kind of told to do those things because that's the start of, you know, building that foundation. And that's, like I said, it sets the atmosphere, um, in your home when you do that. So, um, definitely guys, um, create that non-negotiable devotional schedule and establish that reverence for God in your home. Absolutely. Absolutely. And it's very attractive. It's very attractive to hear 
my wife when she's praying. And she's told me that it's attractive when she hears me lead her in the word. So, you know, these are these are aspects in which I believe it's like little bits of glue that just help bring you guys together and keep you guys as one. So. Right, even when you're just like, I can't stand you. You're like, but God. <laughs> yeah, you're just like, I, I love you because, you know, God is at the center of this. And it just kind of reminds you of your vows, like, okay, cool, because sometimes, you know, you're just like, ugh. And, um, you know, having that constant glue, like Sam's saying, is just something that will always bring you back to him um, no matter what. Right. You know, doing these devotionals also, it leads you to the conclusion of God having the final say. Like, And this simply means that like, when you guys make any of your decisions – as you get more and more devotionals under your belt, you'll start to make those decisions based off God's word above all. Like, it'll be the final authority on how you move forward. Right. And so, and just to be clear, um, so you got your hierarchy in the home, right? So, um, child submits to, mo- to mother, mother submits to husband, husband submits to Christ, all submit to God um, and Christ, the Trinity. Um, and so... Um, what I mean by that is, you know, of course, you know, you as a wife, you submit to your husband, but you both are like God's word over all. And so um, that's pretty much just to kind of elaborate on what Sam was saying. Um, and, you know, you're constantly washing your spouse in the word and bringing them closer to Christ, you know, as you say to yourselves, God's word above all. Um, let me give you a practical example of that. It could be in your finances or even in your constant, you know, your conflict resolution. Um, just kind of reminding your partner of God's word, um, you know, as a way to edify your spouse, but also to, you know, set those checks and balances in the home so that um, there are no power um no power struggles in, in, in the home or, or abuses of power. Right, right. And um, so that, that kind of brings us to our next um, F in our triple Fs, and that would be family. And, um, you know, we want you guys to recognize that God's word and your spouse um, always uh, trump family, okay? I'm not saying go around with a megaphone saying, you know, hey, it's us versus you. You want to fight? Yeah. Like, no, it's like <laughs> you know, everywhere <laughs> no one's saying that, but um it needs to be clear though that the man has left and cleft and the woman is under his leadership. And um sometimes that won't make your parents happy. Yeah. Sometimes, sometimes it won't make your friends happy. Yeah. But family should always come first. And you know, one thing in particular uh that was pointed out to me, I think it was um I don't know if it was a week it was it was two weeks ago because we were out of town this last week. And um, that was that the the command to leave and cleave is particularly aimed at the men. Yes, both uh, husband and wife both leave and cleave their their um, their former uh, mother and father, but it's particularly if you look at it in Genesis, it's it's particularly aimed at the men. And um, I think I think that that's that's intentional, and I think that's something that you as we as men should always remind ourselves like yeah we we need to be looking out for our spouse and our spouse primarily um i know that sometimes as men because men are typically very um we are 
we're used to hierarchy, hierarchy, and we like orders, right? We like we like things to be structured in a certain way. So when when it when when it comes to your parents, you're used to it coming from the top down. You know, your father or your mother, they've instructed you to do and something. And they're used to that too. Right, <laughs> right, exactly. And they've instructed you to do X, Y, and Z, and you as the obedient child, you do X, Y, and Z, you execute, you make mommy and daddy happy. And the, this, is the, this is the time now, though, for you are now the head of your household, and some of your plans, actually a lot of your plans, are going to diverge from whatever it is that your parents might not might want or not want for you to do. So you and your wife, as you are basing your, remember, you're, you're starting off with God first, right? So based off of what you've learned from your commentaries, your daily devotions with your wife, you are now making decisions on that basis. And sometimes that might not necessarily follow everything that your parents are saying. Or um or uh, telling you prohibiting you not to do so. Yes, and it's okay. <laughs> I wanted I want to be clear on that that it's okay. It's okay for you to have a difference of opinion with your family as long as your difference of opinion is still biblical. Um, again, like we said, this is not you know a megaphone saying that we're on this side and you're on that side. You know, you you still want to show um reverence to your parents, but um not necessarily obedience. Mm. Um, and so, because it's your family now. It's your life now. You're doing it now. And um, to keep as much peace in the home with your spouse, um, sometimes that's going to mean a decline on certain things that have to do um, with your family. Um, second, um, don't allow family to disrespect your spouse. Um and I'll let Sam kind of elaborate on this in a second. Um, but, you know, you want to just have it set that it's my husband and I or my wife and I. Um, this is who we are. We are a united front. Um, mm-hmm. And um, you are not allowed, even as my mother or his, or, or his mother or mm-hmm. my father or his father, you are not allowed to disrespect my spouse in no way, shape, or form. Right. And... um I think this is one of those things where it's you, you got to be proactive with this. So um, if you already know that a situation is hostile going in, um, I would either recommend not to go in. That's number one. Shield your spouse from that particular potential um, disrespect, if possible. If it's a situation in which you guys have to bite the bullet and you have to go in anyway, have your lines drawn in the sand. You've already discussed it with your wife, discussed it with your husband. Um, if this happens, we're not going to stay much longer. We're going to be out. We're, we will be leaving, and we'll make it known that we're leaving. And we don't have to necessarily return uh, fire with fire, but we will not stay there and remain disrespected because any disrespect <clears throat> leveled at your wife is, le- is leveled at you. Um, and same thing, vice versa. Any disrespect leveled at uh, your husband is leveled at you yourself as the wife in that situation. So just kind of keep that in mind. Um, also, at the same time, allow family guidance that can be found in Scripture, right? So it's kind of like when you hear that uh, particular commandment, honor your father and mother 
in the Lord, right? Yeah, and don't don't like, throw like, the baby out with the, the right. Backfire. You don't you don't want to. So while we're while we're protecting our husbands or wives, whichever uh, side of the coin you fall on, right? Um, one of the things you want to make sure of is that you don't yeah you don't throw the baby out with the bathwater where you you are now so maybe Anti. yeah yeah maybe <laughs> maybe your maybe your mom or dad has has in the past said something right that is disrespectful but then therefore you don't want to listen to anything that they have to say whatsoever in the future um we had a conversation one time uh recently with my brother and his now wife um and it was discussed. I remember when Ro Ro was talking with Moses, and, and she particularly said, "You know, um, you have to give them the opportunity to be like the grace to become right. Like, yes, they have failed in the past. Maybe they've said something very nasty, and it was uncalled for, and it wasn't supposed to be said. But we still have to. We're called to even give them the grace that was shown to us. Yeah, because you know." As a kid, right, for the most part, um, maybe it might just be in our community or maybe others, um, but for the most part, your parents are kind of calling the shots, right? And you're just like, yes, mommy, no, daddy, like, I, like, yes, what do you need me to do? Do you need the remote? Do you need uh, popcorn? Okay, here I am at your service, right? Right. Then you grow up and you kind of go to college and you start that, but you still kind of... You still kind of, depending on if you live with your parents or not, you're still kind of like doing those things in one way or another. Then you get married and you're like, no, and God supports my no, and this is okay to say no. And then you start turning into like that two-year-old and you're like, no, 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 no. <laughs> and so you can you can get accustomed to that. But it can also blind you. And sometimes your parents are just saying the right things, which is why I was saying, like, if your parents or, you know, your in-laws are giving you biblical advice, take it. There's nothing wrong with taking it. You don't have to be against it just because you didn't think of it first. Yeah. But, um, again, you know, don't throw the baby out with the bathwater. And then, you know, if you are faced in a situation where there is some disrespect, establish your boundaries and, um, you know, um, establish what you will and will not accept. But still, again, leave that door open for the opportunity for grace. Because at the end of the day, I didn't, I didn't get married to be, you know, to be fighting your in-laws or, or your parents all, all the, for the till death do us part. You know, right, right. at what point do you do you say, okay, what's the greater good here? God isn't. God still made us as community creatures, and um, you know, like with that stated, it's just one of those things where. You, you cannot insulate yourself from pain. Um, yeah. there, there are going to be aspects, right, to which your parents or your friends or who, whomever, um, family in some way, shape, or form, um, will hurt you. And you have to learn to reconcile with those people. And after reconciling, allowing that person to... Um, the grace to become allowing that person to have the grace. Uh, you're giving that person the grace in which, um, they might not, not necessarily deserve, but you're just allowing them to have the opportunity to do right. Um, in interactions with you. Yeah. It's like, um, we quote all these scriptures, but nobody wants to do the 77 times seven 
forgiveness that God commanded us to do. Sometimes that may mean to your mother-in-law. Sometimes that may mean to your father-in-law. Right. Um, and, and we have to be mindful of that. And again, and there's, there's balance there. There's wisdom that needs to be in there. You know, it's not saying that you just, you're just a doormat and anyone can walk all over you and say whatever they need to say. Um, but it's just kind of combining those two and figuring out you know, where your marriage fits in that at that time (laughs) and, um, just kind of making it work. Um, because at the end of the day, another thing that I didn't really get to mention when we were sitting with our brother and sister-in-law, but I, I've been thinking about it for a couple of weeks. It's like, at the end of the day, you know, when you're dealing with in-laws or, um, um, you know, even your parents, these are your parents. And as much as they annoy you, um, for example, as much as say, a parent of mine, as much as that parent may annoy Sam or disrespect Sam, and as much as I um, will have to check that, or as much as, you know, maybe Sam has a parent that may disrespect me, that's still Sam's parent. And as Sam's wife, it is not my job to abuse that power of I come first as a wife and just kind of like, we'll say, Sam, your parent said this, so I am now removing you from that side of your family because they shouldn't have talked to me that way. And I'm playing my card. Right. Like, there's a part of it that you should do, but a part of that is immaturity because that's still his parent. That's still his mother or that's right. still his father. That's still my mother. That's still his father. And no matter how mad they may make my husband, he's their child. Meaning that above all, he's still... There is hope. There will always be hope in the bottom of his heart that things will change because that's his parent. And the desire and the love of God is going to have that desire. So it's my job to, as best as I can, nurture that desire. You don't just burn it all down because at the end of the day, this has nothing to do with the in-laws. This is, this is my husband. And the desire of my husband's heart or the desire of my heart will never be to completely ostracize themselves and excommunicate their parents from their lives. Nobody is like that. Right. No matter how pissed off you are at your parents and what they do. So you also have to be mindful um, of that as well. Yep, we are community creatures, definitely. Um, And lastly, we have here, you want to be able to set roles for each family member and how how those roles will play out in your own lives, right? there are going to be aspects to which, you know, maybe financial advice comes from uh, a father or an uncle or, you know, certain people that you know are financially very competent. Yeah. You know, keep those people in your circle. Um, I've said it before, like, um, as far as to the fellows, have a guy for that, right? Like, don't get an app for that. Have a guy for that. Like, yeah. have have men around you that, you know, if you need... Um, Auto mechanic work done. You don't want to necessarily just you know go online and figure out you know who the nearest auto. If you have somebody who who you know that does that, and you know it'd be financially um um, the right decision to make for your for your family, then go that route. If you if you have somebody for example who who um or still has an uncle, who I'm trying to tap into because he has extensive knowledge as far as for investments and stock options, and I also have a brother who also is in investments. And I, and I would just love to tap into them in regards to those things. And they have poured into me on many different levels in regards to that stuff. So I, 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 I see those things and I say to myself, okay, 
this is a role that I know I can always tap into or something, I, a, a wealth of knowledge that I can tap into in my own deficiencies to make my family, uh, to build my family up. Right, and uh, um, to kind of compliment that, if you know you have the uncle who um, is has his check on Friday and loses it by Saturday, you know you don't need to ask him for anything. <laughs> right. Right, you know? So again, establish those roles. If you know um, that... Um, you don't need to get spiritual guidance for auntie that's, you know, always in the club. Like, you know, you, you know, right, right. like just because that person is your family does not mean that they're qualified um, to give you advice on your marriage. Mm. Um, and so know who those people are. Figure out the strengths of, you know, the family members and friends. We'll get to that. And uh, adjust accordingly yeah. and fit them into your marriage accordingly. There, there are also a- aspects to which there are certain people in your life who know a lot about what not to do, right? Yeah. And the reason why they know about what not to do, by the way, is because they've done these things and it has led them to bad places in their life, right? Mm-hmm. So they know what not to do. But we're not only, or maybe, you know... Or maybe they don't know, but you know. Well, as far as... Well, I'm saying as far as based off their own lifestyle, they know that, like, when I did this, it utterly failed, yeah. right? Like, so... At, at least I know don't go there. But they don't know exactly how to tell you what to do, right? Yeah. And there are wise people who I'm saying that you want to look at those more successful people in those areas of those various aspects, um, that spectrum of life that are successful that can tell you how to actively go about succeeding in those things. You don't want to always be told what not to, what not to, what not. That's one thing I know um, in my community overall we deal with that a lot. Like, we're always told what not to do, but there's not a lot of advice on, like, hey, but you should go and do that. Or and here's the how people, to do it. right, exactly. And here's how to do it. And I did it, by the way, right? Right. Like, <laughs> and, here, and here, like, that's, that's, that's the, um, that's kind of what's missing sometimes. Um, I wouldn't say in every aspect of our community, but, um, definitely, um, it, when I was younger, it was something that was prevalent. But now, now not so much. I see a lot more people, and I'm very encouraged by it. Um, very optimistic that I see a lot of more people who are successful um, in the community and who have great advice and they themselves have lived it out and have an exemplary uh, life um, that um, that we can also model and and, um, and replicate. Yep, yep, yep. Okay, so I think we're kind of done with family. Um, <laughs> beat that horse dead. Um, we beat that horse pretty dead. So um, last, we're moving on to friends. Um, know that God, your spouse, and family trump friends. And when I say family, um, I don't necessarily mean like your parents, your aunts, your uncles, but I mean the family of you and your spouse and the family that you would create in your children. That's really what I'm kind of focusing on there, that type of family. Um, now, of course, sometimes you get to pick and choose. Sometimes your parents will be a part of that family, but Primarily, it's the family that you are creating with your spouse. Um, so between you two and your children. So yes, know that that comes first before friends. So that includes scheduling conflicts or if you don't have time for something, um, choose choose a spouse, choose a family. Um, the yep. friends can the friends can wait. Sometimes you're gonna need to reschedule. Hey, I thought I had enough time for this. Don't really have enough time for this. We'll have to reschedule this. Um, do that with a friend before you do that with your spouse. Mm-hmm. And I think um, it's interesting as far as my perspective on this, right? I remember when um, 
when some of my friends early on when they started getting married, right, uh, it was something where you maybe you call them up, you know, you hit them up or whatever, and scheduling conflict comes up, right? And um, anyone who knows me knows Sam loves to come and hang out, right? He just chill for the heck of it and just hang out with you for a couple hours. Now, once you start getting, once you once your friends start getting married, um, as the single guy, you're looking at like, you're like, what do you mean you don't want to hang out? Yeah. <laughs> like, like, but, but, but I think from the perspective of since I've been engaged, it's just one of those things where I've I've just kind of noticed this. Like, I, I actually understand it now. Um, there are certain family um, obligations and prior commitments that you will make that will always come first. Like, I, it's like, dude, don't get me wrong. I love you. You are my friend. Mm-hmm. We've been, we've known each other for X donkey amount of years, but I have to get this right. Cause honestly, if, if I, if, if I can't get this right with my wife, if I can't get this right, everything else can burn. <laughs> like everything else can burn. Yeah. And, and, and to be honest, they're just, aren't that many hours in a day like and and that's really the bulk of it like because you know you as you grow through life right you just kind of add on things you add on things first you're completely dependent on your parents you start to get some independent you know traits about yourself you go to college you add on friends you add on different traits about yourself you find someone you love and you add her in or him into your life then you get married and you add that person's life that person's debt that person's everything to you then you then you know you're adding a whole nother family when you get married and then you at some point you're adding children and at a certain point it's just like I can't fit it all in like like you know you you try to say hey we're gonna do it all I'm gonna hang out with all my friends and all and my wife and you know all my children and all my family and and we're gonna get it all like it's just not realistic so um like at a certain point you have to say hey man you know I know we said this and I'll do a better planning and I forgive me um for my um lack of you know checking in with with you and I'm asking my wife to or husband to forgive me for not checking in on them but we got to reschedule and 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 communicate that to set that tone um, to everyone around you that my spouse is supreme to right. you all. Like, you know what I mean? Like, kind of uh, like what Sam was saying. Like, if, if we can't get this right between us, then everybody can just die. Like, every, everything, right. every, <laughs> everything is, just, is just done there. So, yeah, and it yeah. kind of, this, this segues into the next point. Like, so there's a phrase that has a lot of truth, but at the same time can also have a ditch on the side of the road that people often run into, right? And so the phrase is, happy wife, happy life, right? Everybody knows this phrase, right? And um, I, I truly believe that, you know, when it comes to your wife being happy, it does, in, it improves the atmosphere in the home tenfold. Like, if she's happy, bruh, everything is good, your heart is at rest, your mind is not cluttered, it just, it, you're able to focus on being the best you. But if she's not happy, then you cannot focus on other things. You cannot focus on you, you're you're constantly just thinking about what is it I can do to fix this 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 scenario. But why would your spouse not be happy? Maybe p- potentially, because um, this is the this is the friend section of things. So we talked about the family ex- extensively and how those things can offend your spouse. But there are times in which your friend might offend your spouse, right? And one of the things that is necessary to keep your wife happy is that you make it clear to her 
that you're in her corner, that you are protecting her. <clears throat> That's one of the things that we're called to do. We talked about the four P's. Um, one of those P's being protection, right? As far as for what what a husband should be. And um, you need to learn to protect your spouse. And But at the same time, this is the other side I want to talk about with happy life, happy wife, I mean, happy wife, happy life, is make sure that you're on God's side of the conflict. Yeah. So there are there is a potential that your wife is right she is wrongly offended i mean i'm saying she is she is she is uh she has been wronged and she has been offended and you need to come and protect that there also is a chance that she is wrong for what is happening she she's she's actually the person in the wrong but you need to come to her defense but in private you need to make sure that you are on god's side in regards to the issue yeah, so that, and 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 to to be honest, like I think I've just the other day we were at a a cookout, and I was saying this to a bunch of other married couples. I don't want Sam to enable me when I'm wrong. Now, it's not always easy for me to realize that I'm wrong, and sometimes I'm not wrong, you know, and neither is he. Um, but you know, I don't want a husband where, of course, I don't want him to embarrass me in front of a group of people, if I made a bad call, of course, don't do that. But I don't want a husband to, like, be publicly defending ever. Right. You know, like, I, I don't, I, and I think some women, they love that. They're like, I'm just going to be shady. They I'm just going to be, I'm just going to, I'm just going to be a horrible person, a horrible friend. I'm just going to say whatever I want and let the chopper sing. And then my husband better not say anything to me because that's how I feel right now, even though I'm wrong. I don't like that. Um, now, of course, I am, I can, I can have a little emotion, a little emotion, you know, when I'm upset. And so, you know, you know, I'm no better than the next wife, but one thing I don't want is my husband defending my error because when I see other husbands do it, I'm just, I lose a little bit of respect for them because I'm just like, how do you not, how are you defending this? And so, um, you know, again, I do want Sam to defend me in private and, but I also or defend you in public, but I, I or correct you in private. I do want, yeah, I do want him to correct me in private. But I also would love to see other couples that are so rooted in God's word that you can respectfully rebuke me in front of them. And right. it's no charge to me. They're not looking at me as less of a wife or less of a person. The common goal is Christ and pleasing him. And if my spouse made a bad call, why do I have to wait until the doors are locked and no one else can hear it before I let her know? And there's and there's and there's wisdom in that too, right? There's a right and and wrong way to go about that. But for example, there are couples that Sam and I can talk to and lay out all our flaws. And if they say, "Yeah, that wasn't the right call, Ro," or "Yeah, that wasn't the right call, Sam," we can take that right, right. in front of them. Absolutely. So the only reason why I won't be able to take rebuke, um, you know, nice rebuke in front of you, is because in some way, shape, or form. We're not completely connected in Christ. Right. Uh, or, or or not the way we should be. And then, so like, if I was to give you an example, like I remember there was one situation I know, I'm not going to name any name in particular, but um, there was a, a pastor who whose wife, um, I think, I don't, know, I'm not, I, don't, I don't know if she was on a magazine cover or, or if it was actually at that particular event, but maybe she wasn't, you know, dressed appro- appropriately um, for the occasion. Um 
And one of the one of the people in the congregation during a Q and A ended up calling her out on that. And um, I felt a couple things during that situation. I felt there was a tension there because now the husband has to come in defend his wife, right? Mm-hmm. And I think the first part of what, where he defended her was correct. Like, hey, we're not going to disrespect my wife right here, right now. Um, but then later on, as he was defending her, he said, my wife will wear whatever she wants. And I was like, okay, now you've actually... See, in one aspect, you were protecting her, right? And mm-hmm. that was good. You can go to that brother or that sister who had, a, who had an issue with you in private, mm-hmm. and you guys can discuss the matter. And if it's something that you and your wife have conviction on, then you guys can act in that way that doesn't allow your conscience to be seared and make sure that you are rooting that, you know, how you dress in public, rooting that in God, right? Amen. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. But then when you say that you'll wear whatever you want, the question then becomes, okay, is is that necessary? Like, you might be condoning certain behaviors that would be absolutely sinful um, if if they're licentiously practiced throughout all of the church. Yeah, and um and and, and that's what we mean by just simply saying that you you want to be able to protect but not endorse sin. Yeah, and defending your wife, right? Or your or your husband. Defending your spouse doesn't always have to be limited to when you're public in public. Defend your wife by not letting her walk out of the clothes walk out of the house with that clothes on in the first place. Right, right. You right. know what I'm saying? Defend her in that way. And, you know, that... Being proactive. That, yep. Be proactive. And that could kind of trickle down into a whole other conversation because, of course, you're going to have a <laughs> woman like, you can't tell me what to wear and all these things like that. But, um, you know, defend your spouse in that way before you even get outside. You know? So... Yeah, you know, there are other things that you can do before you get into a crowd of people because at a certain point, you know, there's going to be pride there. You're talking about my wife and we're in public. and <laughs> Oh, no, like my, my, my wife is supreme. But again, kind of like I, what I was saying, the people that he was talking about, you probably know, we're still not going to name names, but I mean, I don't really seem, I don't really count them as my spiritual leader. So I'm not surprised if that happened to them. But. Um, yeah, and, 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 and above all, I think um, one thing that should be, because I think you'll notice this, this is a common thread, right? When it comes to your faith, you reconcile. When you wake up in the morning, you're always reconciling back to God. You're starting your foundation off, your day off mm-hmm. with reconciling to God. When it comes to family, we talked about having the giving, giving a family member who might have offended you or your spouse the grace to become, right? Mm-hmm. And that's a, re- that's a form of reconciliation. And then even in this particular, uh, uh, this F, we have five, four Fs. I mean, three Fs. <laughs> <laughs> and um, on this one for four friends. Fs, four Fs finish is the last F. Okay. <laughs> and then, um, so um, on this one for friends, you also to reconcile with your friends. If it's possible, please pursue reconciliation with your friends. Yeah, a lot, of time, okay? a lot of times I feel like people are just like, oh, you offended me or my spouse, we're done. Like, you know what I'm saying? And it's like... That's, people, like, a, that's like the thing now. Yeah, that, that's a cutting thing. Cutting folks is that's, like that's a, a fad. Like, yeah, cutting, folk, cutting folks off. Like, you're out. You're not, you're not going... Areas of elevation require separate. It's like the dumbest thing I've ever heard. And it's like, and it's like, and, and, and it's like, um, God, the God doesn't even require that. Right. It's like now, of course, one thing we have learned is don't say things that you can't take back. 
Mm-hmm. And, you know, we're work, we are working on that, not only with each other, but of definitely in, in our um, relationships. So have the wisdom when you do choose to speak. Mm-hmm. Um, but God calls us to do life w- with each other and tarry with each other. Mm-hmm. Um, and so what that means is if we have a relationship or if there is a, an area of love that we have for one another and we um, offend one another because... Mm-hmm. For the life of me, humans are the only people who say, you offended me? You weren't perfect? You weren't a god? (laughs) We're done. And I only want other gods and other perfect people in my corner because those are the only people that have my best interests at heart. And again, it's the dumbest thing I've ever heard. God, God has literally made us imperfect people. And what that means is, yeah, when you first meet someone, everyone shows their best colors, right? Yeah, I can juggle. Yeah, I can, you know, um, uh, do, do frisbees. And, and I have all the talents, right? I can walk on stilts and all that stuff, right? That's what we do when we first meet someone. Oh, yeah, I'm a walking board that I'm the best friend, wife ever in the world. Mm-hmm. Then you actually start to do life with people and you're like, little arrogant or you're a little shady or you're a little you gossip or you know you or you're too shy you're not assertive yeah you're not assertive or you know you're not protect protecting of me as your friend or as whatever and you see those things right Mm. um and you know you have a right to correct those things you also have a right to show grace for a while too Mm. um but when you finally get to the battlefield and you're like hey this is an issue for me and it's a deal breaker you do you should not go into it like this is a deal breaker for me and we're done i'm just saying my piece so you can know how i feel and now we're done it should be i want to communicate this to you so you know how to cherish me and i know how to cherish you and let's move forward in love i want to give you guys an example real quick with king david right King David was told that he had the anointing, okay, to be the next king after Saul. And yet David constantly, constantly was befriending and was loving to Saul, okay? He was not the one who did the cutting off. The one who cut Saul off was God himself. He literally stopped Saul's life. He literally ended Saul's life. So I want you guys to think about that in how you deal with your friends. Don't be so, yes, you might need to take a time to pause from something. Maybe you got hurt by them and you need to take a break. But don't burn bridges. The person who burns the bridges is the almighty sovereign God. Trust me. If he doesn't want you in their life, he'll figure out a way to separate the two of you. Yeah. But in the meantime, if you need some time to just heal on something, take some time. And then later come back and try to reconcile with your brother or your sister. Yeah, and sometimes you need to grow. And I say all that because of just of the social climate that we're in um, when it comes to politics, when it comes to social justice, when it comes to, you know, you know, race relations, when it comes to all these different controversial topics that can tear people apart based mm-hmm. on the difference of opinion. Yeah. Um, I remember that Sam was telling me a story about um, him and um, his best friend. And, you know, years ago, they're kind of on, you know, somewhat different sides of the politics um, spectrum. Seems like a... As the years go by, um, one's moving closer to the other. Um, But um, at that point, they were kind of on both different sides, right? And they were just like, you know what? I don't want to keep arguing with you because at the end of this, we're not going to be friends. And at a certain point, one person had to call another and just say, I'm coming over. 
<laughs> and 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 then and once they came over and talked, they're like, "Listen, bro, we're brothers. I don't care if you if there's a zombie apocalypse, I'm coming to your house, even if you are Republican." That was that was literally e- discussed. Like even even, <laughs> even even if you're Republican and I'm a Democrat, if you know stuff hits the fan. I'm coming to your house, and if someone tries to kill you, I'm gonna, I'm, I'm, I'm going to defend you, in in your honor as my brother. And that's what we need to have. What we have is like people are half doing it. Like, yeah, I love you until you have a difference of opinion of me because my worth is built in politics and not Christ. Right. And so, what needs to happen, like I said, is that, you know, we just have to have more people willing to do the work, um, willing to tarry with friends, um, tarry with family, and not just giving up and feeling like, oh, well, me cutting you out of my life is mature. No, it's yeah. easy. That's you what t- it is. Yeah, it's, exactly. it's, e- it's, it's easy. easy. And, mm-hmm. it, and, and, and it's the coward way to, to, to do things. Um, it, it's funny, like, you know, people like you know you're you're so nice you have so much forgiveness in your heart and like do you think i just sit here do you think i'm just like like a doormat no i'm wise like that that's what god calls me to do and i'll see you in a couple years when you figure it out too Mm -hmm. um but that's what we that's what you need to do um you need to learn to cherish your friends um and to kind of wrap up that segment kind of like what we were saying Find friends that you share the common love of God and that can become family with you. Yeah, man. Make it easy. Make it easy as it can be. You find your, you find, once you find friends, family, all grounded in the same faith of Christ, Jesus Christ um, being the son of God, I think um, a lot of those superficial dividing walls of hostility, a lot of those things will just, they'll just melt. They'll literally just melt because at the end of the day, you know exactly what unites you guys. It's not all these different things, these different identity things that um, the world tells you to identify with. It's Christ. And um, as long as you have Christ, I don't think that there's there's no one who can who can who can separate that that bond. Yep. Well, alrighty, guys, uh, we are wrapping it up. I think we said this was a really good podcast. Like, it's a really good podcast. Um, and I hope you guys listen. Please share this if you love it. Um, and yeah, thank you guys for listening. Um, let us know how you've modeled um our kind of our advice in your life this week. Um, and so you know, we want to hear it, we want to kind of start engaging with you and interacting with you. Um, so please let us know that. Um, also, Sam is actually going to be flying out to Asia at 2 p.m. today. He's a 2 p.m. flight, flying out to Asia. Um, so please keep him in your prayers. He's going to be gone for a couple days for um, work. So, um, you know, keep him in your prayers. I'll be holding down the fort on this side here. Um, and, yeah, so that's it. God bless. Take care, guys. Bye. Bye. Hey guys, just a final reminder that this will be posted on the site, marriagemillennials.com. So if you have any questions or comments, comment below on that post. Or you can visit the Facebook page, backslash MFMillennials. We keep all of our stuff on there. Um, my Twitter and IG handle are Rochelle Shoyola. Sam's is Samuel Shoyola. So feel free to follow and talk with us there. We have an open door um, digital 
home policy. So come on in. Um, also, the podcast is on iTunes and SoundCloud. So subscribe so you don't miss a podcast. Um, all you got to do is type in Marriage Millennials in the search bar and it will pop up for you. Um, remember, ton of cool things on the site. We're going to be uh, releasing some new things top of next year. So be on the lookout for that as well. Um, and as always, I want to thank you guys for listening and shed some light on the music you hear on the podcast. The first song on this podcast is Set Me Free by Myron Butler. And the second one you're listening to right now is Drowning by KB. Listen to the lyrics. And if you love the songs as much as we do, purchase them. Um, we're wishing you a week of peace, joy, strength, and Christ alone. Until next week, guys. Bye. Am I making people jealous? I know I ain't happy. I know. Never found joy, I can only find distractions. I'm telling you, can't catch me, I'm falling. Trying to make my way to the shore, but I'm calling now. I'm a big gone by the morning. I can feel